Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim, and the topic of our podcast today is the serial killer Fritz Harman. He was a serial killer in Germany, uh, and in between the years of 1919 and 1924, Mr. Harman was responsible for at least 24 murders, and he became known as the Butcher of Hanover. Um, but before we talk about Mr. Harmon's dastardly deeds, I want to introduce uh, our panel. I'm very pleased and honored to introduce uh, a very fine lady. Um, <laughs> a, what the fuck? A lady who is very charming uh, <laughs> and who's always very ladylike. Uh, the Empress of Evil, the Mistress of the go. Macabre. Satan's dirty little secret, Brandy. That's more like it. How are you, Brandy? First of all, erectile dysfunction. <laughs> you need you need to just keep your side silent for now. You've not been introduced. You do not get to speak. She's got a point. I'm well. I had to miss yesterday's broadcast, but I heard it was total shite. No, it's very good. Uh, we we when you're not here, we cover kind of. Intellectual. No, you don't. Highbrow things. No, you don't. Because when I'm not here, all you do is sit and do a whole podcast on slamming on Brandy, and that's fine. That's oh, wow. Fine. We see how full of compliments. You obviously didn't listen to it because it was we were we were praising you. But do you see how she makes everything about her? Oh yeah, it's it's narcissistic mm-hmm. behavior. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what it is. So still right. not introduced. Uh, <laughs> but let me introduce your your colleague, and I know someone that, that you uh, care a great deal about. No, nope. the very <laughs> is not here. <laughs> uh, well, you have to be impressed that the man has been knighted. I'm not. Uh, the very honorable, uh, courageous, uh, mm-hmm. a man who uh, is. Just a, 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 an incredible human being. No, I can go with that. Bloody stool. <laughs> <laughs> We're not allowed to say bloody stool anymore because he had some or something and he's scared. <laughs> so is my stepfather. Now easy. Okay, <laughs> baby. His stepfather. We're not allowed to talk about bloody stool. Uh, but about, anyway. What about erectile dysfunction? Is that still on the table? <laughs> yeah. yeah that's or that. not. I got something on the table for you. Or not. <laughs> The, there it is. No. <laughs> the very honorable Sir Colonel Reverend Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm lovely, Timmy. Couldn't be better. He can't even spell all those words in his name. 
I, he has many titles. Yeah. But but, you know, but he can't spell them. Here's a thought. That's why he doesn't have a PhD. Really? The only one? Go out and do something good for humanity, mm-hmm. and maybe you'll get a title, Scarecrow. Yeah, because while you fuckers were sitting here slamming me, I was out doing something good for humanity. I was actually doing our real job. We were praising you in our podcast. We praised oh, you. I know yeah. better than that. It was effusive is the word I'd use. Effusive. That's bullshit. He used that word yesterday. I did. And I'm calling shenanigans on the whole thing. Well, why don't you listen to a goddamn podcast once in a while and you know what we said. She doesn't even listen to the ones we did. She doesn't even participate when she's doing them. I I do so. I don't like the sound of my voice. We don't like the sound of your voice. I know. Apparently the only people that like the sound of your voice is the the vagina vigilantes. Took a minute to get that out, didn't it? Good job. The vag- Team Brandy you're referring to. Team Brandy or the Mammary Mob or or the Vagina Vigilantes because you say one bad thing about the devil and they're all up and... That's him. Hashtag... Hashtag cackling ends. Yeah, hashtag cackling ends. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Colonel, do you have any shout-outs? I do. I'd like to... I'm, I'm giving shout-outs to uh, people who have... Who have formally announced and endorsed, um, and are part of Team Colonel? They're probably being investigated by the FBI mm-hmm. and NSA is looking at the cookies. Mm-hmm. But uh, of course, Kim Taylor, she's uh, crazy in the loom, but she is on Team Colonel. Another one crazy, batshit crazy, is Allie on Team Colonel. Uh, Cindy Lou. I never seen her say she was team colonel. Uh, She said she was riding the fence, so I'm going to go with that. (laughs) Which means that she's Um, not on team colonel. um, Scott, of course. um, um, Somebody who just recently declared uh, herself team colonel, Shannon, Rossett, and Jennifer Burdick. All followers of the colonel. And I don't have to have the largest group. I just have the smartest group. Well, um, okay. Uh, any other shout-outs? Hmm. Of course I got Lady Beverly. Okay. Lady um, Beverly, he's been very active this week on our Why page. does he yes. get all the shout-outs? Every shout-out he gets. No, and, I'm just asking. And, uh, and, of course, the lovely Dottie Scott. And I have some shout-outs. I would like to give a shout-out to Chip, to Alicia, to Jim Martin, uh, all for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you very much. To Laura and Nicola, who just had her first shout-out yesterday, a new member of the Facebook group. Nicola, thank you for um, joining us. And um, she said that uh, she got had the cherry pop yesterday in terms of... I saw that. Yeah. Mm, yes. Uh, she's probably Team Brandy because that was uh, borderline inappropriate, so I figure she's borderline <laughs> devil over here. Uh, and I also like to give a shout out to Elise and to Katja and um, Brandy. Do you have any shout outs before we get started? Well, I'll give a shout out to Charlie and Alan Dobbs, who I hope that Sarah Michelle Geller dumps her husband and goes for you. Uh, let's see, John White, Jean. Uh, uh, let's see, Jeff Chestnut, Elise. Um, and Mary Ray, I got, and I, I don't think we've been on since I got my blanket, but thank you very much. Noah thinks it's 
our blanket that we get. The History Dweeb's blanket. The History Dweeb's blanket. She's very talented. Yes, yes. she is very, very talented, and I love it. And as soon as it gets below 118 degrees here, (laughs) I will snuggle up with it. (laughs) Oh, and I forgot. Trisha Hillard. Trisha Hillard. Yeah, Trisha's cool. She always listens to our podcast. Okay, so let's uh, get into this topic, shall we, of The Butcher of Hanover. And that's uh, Fritz Harmon. That's a cool name, Colonel Fritz. 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 Yeah. I, I would. I, you know what? Fritz always makes me think of a small, little, pointy nose thing. Kind of. Isn't that, a, isn't that considered a derogatory term for Germans, Fritz? What, I don't believe they, so. I thought that's what they were called. I think you just made that up. No, I think they were I called Fritz during the First World War, weren't they? Fritz. I thought. I've never heard that. They were called Jerry during the Second. G- World War. That is very correct. And you've heard of the term Jerry rigging something. Yes, that comes from um, yeah. the uh, the derogatory term Jerry for German. <laughs> yeah, and but the Jerry rigging came from. Do you know where that came from? When the German army got into Russia and they ran out of shit, and they had to put. See, once you start doing history where people might actually learn something, uh-huh. you lose the devil. Yeah. Now you get into where people are pulling entrails out and everything else, and she's sitting over here in a tin. What about the Jerry Curl? I want to know where that came from. <laughs> so, Colonel, you're saying that they they had to rig things to get in the wartime. Yeah, that they, yeah. Because yeah. oh, okay. they were and they ran out of supplies, so they had to they had to. MacGyver it. Yeah. Thanks, Cliff. So that's where the term jury rigging comes from. Very good. Jerry Curl. I wonder if Jerry Mandarin Jerry Mandarin comes from that. What about Jerry Rice? I, I like Jerry Rice. I like Jerry Rice. Rice. I don't like rice much. No. But Jerry Jerry I like I, rice pudding though. <laughs> I don't like rice I don't like rice aroni. I don't know why it's a San Francisco treat. No, I don't know why it's a San Francisco treat either. All right. I never got that. I don't know. They used to give it away on those uh, game shows all on the Price time. Is yeah. Right. Yeah, that and turtle wax. A year supply yeah. of turtle mm-hmm. wax. I don't and know what, what is a year supply. I don't know. What I if think, you, I what think if it's you, like two things of it because turtle if, wax lasts yeah. forever. Well, what if you want to wax your car every day? I don't know. I don't wax my car. I have people for that. All right. Let's get on to the topic, shall we? Fritz uh, Harmon, the butcher of Hanover. So from. Um, Fritz Harman was a German serial killer in the early early 20th century. Yes. From 1919 to 1924, Harman committed at least 24 murders and possibly many more. His victims were usually young male vagrants who hung around you know what vagrants? Okay. Who hung around railroad stations. So oh, Carl, they like hobos. They hobos. Been, they, well, it doesn't say or gandy dancers. It doesn't say they got on the trains. I think you have to get on the trains to be a hobo. Oh, they so just, they were hobo apprentices. Well, you know, they like were hobo adjacent. <laughs> yeah, hobo adjacent. Yeah. I don't know. Like when uh, you know, did, did you know how uh, you always have perverts hanging out at the Greyhound bus station when you're growing up? I'm thinking like this. I have never been to no, a Greyhound I bus don't, station. I don't know that at all. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, I, want to know, I want to know which side of that you're going to fall. <laughs> Tell us more, Timmy. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, anyway. <laughs> the perverts just get there when Timmy shows up. <laughs> I'm thinking that he's picking up these guys at the railroad station. I don't think they were hobos. And he lure them back to his apartment, and then he would kill them. He's probably called it his flat, actually. And he would kill them by biting through their throats in a s- kind of sexual frenzy. That's No, that seems a bit much. What he would do, he would be doing... He would be banging them from behind, 
and he would reach around. The, you know, he would reach around. Uh, That's not neck. the kind of reach around. Just you want wait a minute. No, 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 no. Let him finish. No, okay. Okay. Let's okay. See so, where it goes. Because they were, they were. Ha- they Please would describe ha- it. Okay, they were half sex, uh-huh. uh, and he would anally rape them, uh-huh. and then he would. So uh, it was not consensual sex. No, no, no. Well, maybe in some cases, but then he would bite their throat and kill them. Were they now? Were they in the missionary position? No, 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 that? no. no he Are was, you sure? I don't. I don't know for sure. Because they, because boys can do it that way. Uh, point well taken. How much but porn I'm, do you watch, Devil? That's none of your business. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I've never seen. I just assumed. I assumed it was doggy style, but you, you may be right. You, you should you, not assume. You really, I assume he just bent them over something. Okay. So anyway. Now, uh, he would after he would kill them, he would slice them up and peddle their meat uh, to the black market yes. as pork. Hence the term butcher. Hence the term the butcher of Hanover, yes. Didn't um, Sweeney Todd do that? I did not see the musical, Timmy. Did you see Sweeney Todd or the Sweeney movie? Todd, oh, Sweeney Todd, an actual person. He was a I barber. Never saw any. I think it's based on. Oh, something. I know he was. Yeah. Yeah, he was a barber. He, he killed him, and then uh, I don't he, know what he they, did with they, him. Uh, in the musical, anyway. He he lived above uh, a, a pie shop, and the woman made made meat, meat pies. pies. Yeah. So, but anyway, so this kind of thing is what uh, Harmon did. He. He would peddle the the meat of the boys that he killed. He was a meat peddler, and he had an accomplice. He had an accomplice. Um, his name was Hans Granz. Yeah, Fritz right. and Hans. They're here Fritz to pump, and Hans. Are they here to pump you up? <laughs> um, now Hans would only sell the clothing of the victims. He was a, he was a clothing peddler, and um, and even though he he would never be involved in the killings. Uh, he would always encourage Fritz to um, kill the handsome boys. Jeez. Kill the good ones. Kill yeah. the good ones. Get the handsome He's ones. cute. Bang him, kill him. Yeah. So uh, he was a, he just peddled their clothes. So they made kind of a, you know, they got made their living by selling meat and the clothes of their victims. Now, Fritz Harmon was born on October 25th, 1879, which, of course, Colonel is close to Christmas. Halloween, I was Halloween. saying. Yeah. <laughs> He was the sixth child of poor parents. Uh, oh, yeah. Fritz uh, was quiet as a child, and he was shunned. Um, uh, he shunned many boy activities, such as sports, as he preferred to play with dolls. He was a poor scholar. At the age of 16, at the urging of his parents, he enrolled into a military academy. He initially adapted to the military lifestyle. You know, this is right. You know, this is before World War One, I, I suppose, at the end of the century. Uh, he, but he performed well as a training soldier. But just one year in the academy, he began to suffer seizures and was discharged for medical reasons. He returned to Hanover and took up employment in a cigar factory. Hmm. Was he a roller or a stuffer? I don't know. Sounds That's like a, a stuffer. I don't know, but he worked. Uh, he worked in a cigar factory. Now, in 1898, which he would have been what 20, 19 years old. How old were you? He, I was born. <laughs> I was not born in 1898. Uh, he was uh, arrested for molesting children. Uh, a psychologist had declared him to be mentally unfit to stand trial. 
and he was sent to uh, a mental institution indefinitely. And right. I'm sure it was a very progressive mental institution in 1898 in Germany. Oh, yeah. And you know... Because they're, they're a tolerant people. <laughs> Here's yeah. the thing. So he's he's of sound mind enough to go into the army. And yeah. perform well. But he can't go on trial. Right. He was okay making cigars, but he also was banging kids, apparently. And, you know, it's it, it's a it's a funny thing, your reaction. Now, you already have told us what he's done. Yeah. He used to bang young boys from behind and then rip their throats out like yeah. some kind of depraved vampire. Yeah. And uh, But once you said he started molesting children, everybody's thinking, oh, what a piece of shit. Well, I mean, I kind of thought that before. <laughs> but he, he took it to a new level when he was, yeah, you know, yeah, he molesting was, children. It's like you have your your, your degrees of... Yeah. To where people are okay with you uh, killing adults, cutting them up, and selling their meat. Mm-hmm. But they, yeah. But once you right. start molesting children yeah. or being mean to dogs. Well, it's like the prison hierarchy. I kind of agree with that, actually. Oh, I enjoy a good prison hierarchy. Yeah. So anyway, Harmon, uh, he, uh, six months he was in this mental institution. He was uh, sent there indefinitely, uh, but six months he escaped, and he fled to Switzerland. Yeah. I wonder if he wore shorts. <laughs> to Switzerland? <laughs> yeah, and he yodeled, maybe. He chilly. Uh, he worked there two years, and then finally he returned to Germany. He again enlisted in the military because he'd done so well the first time, but he did so under an alias. In 1902, he was again discharged under medical terms. I guess they didn't keep good records back then. Yeah, exactly. all, these, all these stories of the guys going in the army, getting back, getting discharged, and then re-upping in a different name. But he was afforded a full military pension. That was probably about 60 cents. Yeah. Uh, and he returned to live with his family. He took employment in a small business that his father had established. His father's name was Ollie. Hey, Ollie Harmon. Ollie Harmon. Uh, uh, Ollie, Ollie Oxen Free. I, I always think of uh, Lauren Hardy. Uh, Ollie, yeah. However, after he got in an argument with his father, Ollie, it led to a violent uh, fight between them, and uh, uh, Fritz was arrested and charged with assault and was again sent for psychiatric evaluation. This time, uh, the doctor could not diagnose uh, Fritz as mentally unstable. A court discharged uh, Fritz, and he again returned home to live with his family. So I guess you know he had a little this little disagreement with his father. He goes to, you know, sends off for mental evaluation. He comes home. All's forgiven apparently. But shortly thereafterwards, uh, Fritz opened a small shop. Uh, but then his business went bankrupt. I don't know what kind of shop it was, but you know if it was. Like cell phones, it, it, he probably didn't do a lot of business back then. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. Data uh, plans were shit. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't very good back then. You, I mean, you know, you didn't have no coverage at all. No. Yeah. So, so for the next decade, um, Fritz lived as a petty thief uh, and a con man. He would break into homes and steal things and sell things. So he was like a... Uh, thief and a fence. He was like a thief, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, was, he wasn't like So a thief. much like a thief. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, frequently arrested and served several short prison sentences. Uh, he gradually began to establish a relationship with the Hanover police as an informer. You know what they say. Oh, so he's a rat. Oh, stitches get britches. Yeah, absolutely. Snitches get <laughs> snitches get britches. Oh, well, yeah. something like that. He got britches, though. He got pants. He did get britches. He got pants. 
Um, now, he, he became an informant to kind of get on the cops' good side so he could, you know, redirect their attention so that he wasn't the focus of... Because, you know, he was always stealing stuff. Uh, so he figured if he'd become a reliable source of information for the police, they would, you know, kind of overlook his uh, his petty his, crimes. His misdeeds. Yeah. In 1914, right when the war broke out, he was um, convicted of a series of thefts and frauds. He was fraudulent. He was a fraudulent man. Um, And he got sent away to prison. Again, you know, why didn't they just send him to the Western Front? I don't know. Because all's quiet there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Or maybe they were afraid that he would, like, steal shit in the trenches. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, you had all these guys. Steal he's going into, yeah, he's going to this meat grinder, and they're sending this guy to prison. I think I'll sit at, I'd sit out the war in uh, German prison, although it probably wasn't a good place either. But So upon his release in 1918, um, he was uh, struck by poverty as the German nation as a whole was because they suffered the loss of the Great War. The country was bankrupt. Fritz Harmon immediately reverted to his criminal life uh, that he had lived before he was arrested um, in 1914. The new state of Germany provided him with even more opportunities to operate on the fringes of the criminal network. So he was out there on the fringes of society. He was a fringe player. He was. Uh, And because of his increase in crime as a result of poverty, the uh, the, the nation was enduring. Police began to rely on him as an informer. So he again is building this network up with the local police. Well, and that's just a dick move. I mean, he's a rat. He needs to be dealt with. He's a dirty rat. He's a dirty rat. You're a dirty, dirty rat. Well, at this point he hasn't... Well, I guess he has. He's molested somebody. And how has nobody put together the fact that he's escaped... He escaped yeah. the middle institution. I don't think they had, you know, like databases or anything. I don't think they... Yeah, but you'd think that would have made the wire. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You would think. You would think. I don't know if they had the wire. The wire they was made in like... I mean, they had the war, World War they're dealing with, the Spanish... Not the television show. The Spanish... Oh, uh, never mind. They're dealing with the Spanish <laughs> flu. They're dealing with, you know, war reparations. So probably, you know, keeping well, track of Fritz you, wasn't their top I think you need to keep track of kitty, kitty diddlers. I think that's something we need to keep track well, of. Well, yeah, but that was... He escaped... Yeah, okay, anyway. He escaped... That was... Yeah, Russia had the Spanish fly epidemic yeah, the Spanish. of 1914. Where you got like, everyone running around everybody horny. Everybody running around just, yeah. That was in, that was in Greece. Oh, okay. Yeah. So from 1918 to 1924, Harmon committed at least, uh, let's see, you know what. Okay, so Harmon's first known victim was a 17-year-old youth named Friedel Roth. <laughs> oh, Friedel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's what it says here. F.O. is his uh, initials. No, Friedel Roth. F.R. is his initials. <laughs> but that's close. Well, I don't have egg on my face. <laughs> uh, when, when Roth... That's not even the worst thing you have in your face. When Roth disappeared <laughs> on September 25th, 1918, his friends told police he was last seen with Fritz. Hmm. Under hmm. pressure That's from curious. That is a curious fact. Curiouser and curiouser. Under the pressure, under pressure from Roth's family, police raided Harmon's apartment, where they were dismayed to find their informer in the company of a semi-naked teenage boy. Hmm. That'll raise a red flag. Maybe. 
You never know. Sound like Maybe Charlie. it was hot. His red flag. Red. Maybe it was hot. Where did he, is he meeting all these young men, Colonel? Where is he meeting back them? Page. On Backpage. Or? Craigslist. Or down at your local? Homo Depot. <laughs> Jackasses. That's the train they, station. That's what they called the train station, the Homo Depot. I thought it's where... <laughs> that's where you went. I thought that's where you went to go get day labor. <laughs> okay. So, you know, they find him in the company, this semi-naked boy. They had no choice. They had to charge him with sexual assault. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 well, it was they, right there in front of him. They, 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 he put him in the corner. What? Well, yeah. yeah. Painted him in the corner. They painted him in the corner. He, exactly. he kind of handcuffed him. Wait a minute. He, the police were handcuffed him. when they saw him. So, uh, what does that mean? Does he yeah. have his shirt on? naked He could have been sunbathing. He could just have his shirt on. My guess is mm-hmm. maybe he had his bottoms off. He had his telewacker showing. Face down, <laughs> ass up. <laughs> so, unbelievably, mm-hmm. the rooms of Harmon's home were not searched. <clears throat> and upon interrogation five years later, because that's clearly this is the only thing going they on. They got distracted by the, the, by the boinking. <laughs> well, but I mean, you know, well, there can't be anything else going mm-hmm. on. We're yeah. right here in this room. Yeah. Look here. Yeah, we, don't, we got him on the... Uh, uh, sex charge. So but, you know, this raises an interesting question. Oh, that that our listeners are wanting to know because I asked it on the thing. Um, now he was semi nude. Yeah. Now, devil, do you find um, when you're fornicating? Yeah. That you prefer to be completely nude or semi nude? So they charged Herman. Herman. Now, this is an important question. It's really not. It really is because. The listeners are demanding. I don't think they are. I don't think I did not see that question anywhere. I don't prefer. I I don't like the whole nude thing. I mean, when she said she, the way that she just automatically just flung out there, bottoms off, ass up in air. It just it was like face down, ass up. Face down, ass up. It was just like, hmm. I think you should have uh, at least an accessory on. Mm-hmm. A scarf, perhaps, or something. Some gloves. Gloves. Some good. gloves. A mask. Yeah. A mask. Gag. Gag. Ball gag. Yeah. Yeah. Chain. Yeah. Lit, uh, are leash. handcuffs considered jewelry? Could In be. some circles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they weren't. So they the brother rooms weren't searched because you know. Yeah, they stopped right there. They yeah. saw him. Okay, we got to arrest you, and then they forgot what they was there for. I guess. But upon interrogation, five years later, Harmon confessed that the murdered boy's head was stuffed behind the stove wrapped in newspaper. <laughs> they forgot to look probably behind stare, the stove. Probably staring at them. How do you not... When the stove is a foot away from the wall, that's just, that should raise suspicion. Well, anyway. yeah. Also, if you see a head and wrapped in newspaper, it should raise... Yeah. It, you know, well, raise or a newspaper. Maybe they just thought it was one of those paper mache things. Maybe. I don't know. What is that when you put the glue on the paper? Yeah. Paper mache. Paper mache. No, they call it some or not De- origami. Decoupage. What? Decoupage. It was the decoupage head. <laughs> so my guess is they overlooked the head in the behind those stove, but I well clearly they, they didn't did. do a thorough search. They did not because that was the only room that they searched. Mm-hmm. So he served nine months, and after he got out, he quickly reverted back to the lifestyle he'd led before. That man, he doesn't. He doesn't seem to be uh, open to rehabilitation. He's not learning. Yeah, he's like like my oldest child. He just doesn't <laughs> learn shit. Uh, again, he regained the trust of the police and became an informer. Come on, you know. And I know that there were smart people during this time. He had all these wonderful inventions, all these breakthroughs, and 
you know, criminology and, you know, science, technology, da, da, da. and then you have these dipshits. Now, there are police that are very smart. Yeah. Why is it that we are always talking about how stupid law enforcement is until the very last, all of a the sudden, they put it all together? Like, they I have multiple, think, multiple opportunities. I just opportunities. think it's so, you know, it's so easy to miss. Someone's they have so multiple, multiple opportunities to stop somebody. And well, certainly on the ones where witnesses, where victims come forward and say, "Hey, this guy's held me in his garage yeah. for the past." No, he didn't. Six yeah. months. No, he didn't. Those are, you know, it, yeah, those, and they got the cuff marks on yeah. them, and they, no, he didn't. Those are situations, but I think a lot of times is it's just you know it's easy to miss stuff. It's like. a he said, he said. Yeah. So um, he's an informer now, and he became his subsequent victims largely consisted of. Young male commuters from the tra- rail station. Oh, yeah, they were commuters. Girl. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, they were at the train station. Mm-hmm. Uh, runaways, and occasionally, just when he was feeling a little froggy, he'd pick him up a male prostitute. Oh, uh, Fred Garvin. Garvin. Fred Garvin, male, male prostitute. prostitute. Um, that hung around the the railway station. Um, and then, well, and this is a good time. So Harmon would lure them back to his apartment. And then kill them by biting through their throats while sodomizing them. Mm-hmm. See? That's hard to do. That's not easy. Look. It's that's not, a skill. It's really not that this hard is, if you jerk the hair back. This is all I'm saying. Yeah, but you gotta be you gotta be limber and skinny. If you're gonna kind of pull somebody's head back to get that vein, you almost have to come all the way around and bite. Not if you jerk the hair back and get the head straight they back. It doesn't matter. You still have to come around and bite that. And the thing is, it leaves you, a mark. It does leave a mark. You have to wear a scarf over that for a long time. But I'm telling you, they're doing it missionary, and he just leans over and bites. Well, them, you know, then he was, I'm saying I'm guessing they're completely nude at this point because it'd be hard to sell the clothing. Yeah, yeah, it really true. would. Why don't you bite into a juggler? Yeah. There's all kinds of mess that comes along. Well, yeah. And I would actually <clears throat> think that these guys should become suspicious when he asks them to iron their clothes and fold them up and put them in the corner. Yeah. Right. And then put the price tag on them. Yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think that arouses yeah, suspicion. I wonder if he had one of his old sticker guns. <laughs> might have. Yeah. yeah. You know he did. <laughs> a stamp. All right. So all of his, vi- all of his victims were then dismembered. And then... Um, Usually they were tossed into the river. Is that lean? Yeah. Uh, the murders. Which the, brings us to another question. Lane, I think. Lane. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you have a bite during sex, devil? Bite what? Anything. Are you a biter? Are you a biter? Yes, she's eating bonbons. <laughs> I'm asleep. Yes. I'm asleep. It's dangerous for me to bite things. My my, my mouth guard. Pop tarts. <laughs> on, on your sleep guard. I got my retainer <laughs> in. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right. So, but this story takes a dramatic turn in late 1919. It's not taking a turn yet. <laughs> yeah. But if some bitch had just got bitten in the neck, it was pretty goddamn dramatic. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's, but it's, yeah, that's the highlight of the story. <laughs> that was no small but matter. But this takes a dramatic turn in late 1919 when Fritz meets a young Hans Granz. Hans Granz. At the Hanover Railway Station. At Homo Depot. Yeah. We're going to get complaints. And when he saw uh, guys flirting with Hans, he would say, hands off Hans. <laughs> yes. yes, he would. Uh, Hans was a petty thief, and he'd run away from home. And he was now earning his living by selling old clothes at the station. Oh, well, that's an honorable profession. Yeah, but mm-hmm. how do you? How many can you carry under your coat when you... 
fuck did I got here? <laughs> I got flannel. I yeah, got wool. I got flannel. Yeah, exactly. I got a polyester blend here that will knock your socks off. Uh, the young boy approached the openly, now evidently flaming Fritz... <laughs> With Did the they allow that Nazi? Well, this before Nazi this Germany. Before, They'd have thrown yes. a triangle on him and sent him yeah. to a camp. Yeah, well, before, uh, so evidently now Fritz is just a flamer, and he and Hans approached him with the purpose of prostituting himself for money. Hmm. Hmm. So I'm he doing did, that he on Fritz myself. needed a date. You want to know if he needed a date? Oh yeah, for the night. Uh, remarkably, a friendship soon developed. Was he going to go to the symphony or? Well, maybe. A friendship soon developed, which is where I know you meet most of your friends, is when they yep. approach you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, but you do have a special bond with someone that you pay, pay for sex. sex. Yeah. Well, uh, Hans li- starts living with Fritz. And a bond of, and I'm air quoting here, madness and spiritual parasitism. Parasitism hmm. developed. It sounds Parasite. like they had quite a relationship. Parasitism. Sounds I like just say parasitic relationship. Well, that's not what's written here. Yeah, he, he likes to make it hard on us. I think he makes up words. Uh, the relationship <laughs> was more than sexual. Start. It was more than sexual. There was some emotional attachment there. Well, I don't know. I haven't got that far. It was more than sexual. And the insane ideas that surfaced in, Har- in Har- Harmon's conscience always involved his young housemate. Which, is he considered a protege? Yeah, he's a protege. An apprentice. A muse. He was an apprentice. A muse. He might be a muse. Um, the guys he killed were, they were less amused. than amused. They were not <laughs> amused at all. <laughs> so, having carefully avoided his jail sentence through 1919, Harmon served his penance from March until December of 1920. Uh, gr- <sighs> Jesus. Grand's Thieved his way around Germany during this time, and upon Hans, Hans Granz, thieved his way around Germany during this time, and upon a reunion at Christmas in 1920, there followed a period of uninterrupted bliss until August of 1921. That is quite the honeymoon period. They had an eight-month period where they were just madly in love, and everything was going right for them. Well, Hans and Fritz. Do you think he gave him hickeys? I think. Oh, I, I think there were some hickeys. I, I, I think he probably, Hans probably got a little nervous when he started nibbling on his tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. Stop. Stop. Uh, let's see. These, no means no. Yes. These two. No does mean no. The, the two thieves appeared as well-dressed, decent gentlemen and earned respect amongst the local people. Oh, they were respected. They were respected. Mm-hmm. Um, needless to say, however, the two men had more illicit intentions and plied their trade by begging or stealing laundry and selling it to the public. So they're stealing, they're, they're they're gonna, stealing drillies. Well, you know, people are uh, hanging up their laundry in their right. backyard and, uh, to dry, and these guys are coming along and stealing them. Stealing the bloomers. Yeah. In early 1922, the two men moved to number eight, Neustrauss, in the heart of the so-called haunted area. I didn't do a Google search, Google Earth on that, so I'm not... You're not familiar? Not familiar. So, Fritz was earning a good income. The thieving was accompanied by Social Security payments. So, yeah. he's getting his, he's he's getting his, his check. check. Yeah, he's getting his check from the he's military. His check, yeah. yeah. Uh, he had been declared an invalid and was mm-hmm. unable to work. 
Okay, so he probably got some sort of disability. He was also relishing in his new role, at, or his role as, as the police informer. Right. Well, he's got a lot to be proud of. Hmm? Or Fritz. How much does that really pay, though? I mean, I, somebody wrote a song about that. I think it's uh, like he's... Uh, Wasn't there a song informer? He's like a nosy body, seems to me. He is, a little bit. A little bit like a nosy body. And I know Colonel... Uh, you, you know, we're talking about male prostitution. Mm-hmm. I know there was times when you you've been paid by I women. Was young. You were I was young. and women uh, visiting in town, coming in on business or whatever. Mm-hmm. You were paid to provide pleasure to. Uh, I, I was paid to rock their world, Tim. Yeah. So whenever mm-hmm. you know someone from like Procter and Gamble had a big week, the lady coming in, you would. Well, a lot like, of times it's when companies. You know, because we're in economic development and whatnot here, Timmy, and um, a lot of times companies are thinking about moving here. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of variables that go into their decision where they're going to move. And you're competing with Charlotte and, you know, other cities. And what they would do is they would just send me in to uh, deal with the ladies in the crowd. The decision makers. Oh, they never did that. And That did not ever happen. The colonel would... uh, Pleasure them. Well, you know I'm a knight now, uh-huh. so the colonel would wield his mighty sword, uh-huh. and how you think PNG came to Cincinnati? So you were the one that landed that? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Okay. You bet you didn't know that, Brandy. Yeah. Because it's not true. Huh. So. Yeah, doubt it. Hate is going to hate. Yeah. Well, yes, I do. All right. So, um, let's see. In February of 1923... Harmon returned to his murderous past. The killer detained two Utes. Two Utes. Utes. Two Utes. I just watched that over the weekend. My cousin Vinny. Did you? So funny. Uh, at Hanover Station, on the pretense that he was an officer inspecting the waiting. He was in the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> inspecting the waiting rooms. Yeah. yeah. The, the ugly one did was sent away. Bag? Did he flash a bag? The <laughs> ugly one was sent away. The ugly one was sent away, and Fritz Frank accompanied the phony officer home. See, if an officer tells you, hey, I got stopped by the house. house. We got to go by my house. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a clue. Yeah. Harmon later claimed that Granz had, had turned up unexpectedly whilst the corpse of Frank was still in the room. So his friend shows up at this house while... Well, the body's still warm. Yeah. Shocked. And dismayed. Maybe. He simply stared at Harmon and said, when shall I come back again? (laughs) This is my time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) There's not good work for you. My bad, dog. So, although Granz did not participate in the murders, he did encourage Fritz to seek handsome... Victims. Well, of course. And I mean, Grons would later. The the bang and ugly ones. Yeah. Well, and Grons would later sell the, cl- the clothes and their other personal effects. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You think he'd say get the good, well dressed ones? Right. Yeah. Not care yeah. what they look like. I think. Uh, yeah. He 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 was like living vicariously through his little his friend. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Activities, I think. The murders now gained pace, and in the following nine months, 12 more young men's lives were taken. In almost every scenario, the victim was met at the train station, uh, offered accommodations or work, and um, they were apprehended on the pretense that his abductor was a police officer. Hmm. I see a pattern. Uh, this guy's was used so often that on one occasion, after a youth welfare worker had asked the guard as to whether Harriman was employed in the same capacity, the station official replied, uh, no, he's a detective. So he's a higher pay grade. Well, yeah, so he, he's fooling even the people who work there. <clears throat> uh, once in the new Strauss room, the boy would be killed, according to Harmon, by biting through his windpipe, yeah. which is yeah. up here. Oh, that's even tougher. So they might... They, he I'm guessing he's a missionary. Yeah, well, I'm guessing. He gets to the wimp either that or he is a gooseneck. No, because you got to get some. You got to get some downward leverage on that. You can't just be reaching around and trying to tear. Yeah, you that's gotta, crazy. So you're thinking they're doing it? Because uh, you got to bite like three times style. to get somebody's windpipe. You got to tear the skin away, then get to the windpipe, and then bite into it. Yeah, you make a good point, Colonel. Yeah. That's why you're. It's not easy. You can't just. That's why you're recognized uh, near and far. The Israelis taught me that. Oh, okay. Continue, mm-hmm. Brandy. Go ahead. You two are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, always with a view to his commercial instincts, uh, the body would be dismembered and the clothes and meat sold through the usual channels for smuggled goods. The useless portions were thrown into the river. Was what did you say it was? Lean. Yeah. Lean. Such as the penis. Lane, I think. But once it became, once the food went into the river, it became the river lean cuisine. They did. Mm-hmm. I think they pitched the penis and the brain straight into the river <laughs> yeah. because those are the most useless things. <laughs> well, yeah. And sold the rest of the meat <laughs> as bacon. Uh, one year later, when the items confiscate, confiscated from the killer were on public display, victims' families discovered a wealth of personal artifacts. Hmm. Many kept as souvenirs, and the remainder sold on <clears throat> sold through Harmon's eBay account. Impressive distribution <laughs> network, which was close to eBay. Yeah, it was a uh, forerunner of eBay. On each occasion, there was normally an, an array of witnesses who had seen Harmon, and often Grands approach and leave with the victim. Such was the respect that the two men had now earned for themselves. No incident was ever reported. 
That's hmm. weird. They, they, cause so, that, so they thought the people at the train station that worked there thought he was actually a cop. Yeah, that he was a guy. Yeah. On one such circumstance, Harmon even had the audacity to re- to reply to an announcement in the paper offering a reward for information. <laughs> he's going to he's trying to be a helper. Well, he's a giver. Uh, he appeared at the family door under the guise of a criminologist, yet was said to have spent most of his time laughing hysterically. <laughs> <laughs> the murders continued unabated throughout early 1924. Uh, Harmon honing his remarkable knack of spotting disillusion, young runaways at the station, and then removing them casually into the night. You know, the one thing that is common with all these stories is these guys pick on the vulnerable people. I know. Runaways. Well, because they're not vulnerable. I mean, you, you go pick on somebody that's just going to his job as a policeman and try to rape him and steal his clothes, he's going to shoot you. Yes. Yeah. Due to the nature of the victims, angry or estranged parents and friends often took a while to even report the disappearance. By then, the clothing and the meat of the victims had been speedily distri- distributed around Hanover. By then, they were a ham sandwich. And were <laughs> practically untraceable. Yeah. Without that sort of hard evidence... The police were at a virtual dead end, although there were some particularly close calls. On one one such an occasion, a portion of the trader's meat was taken to police because the buyer thought it was human flesh. The police analysis unequivocally pronounced it pork. <laughs> Dumb bastards. That's pork. Other, did they, now, did they send that to the lab or they just... <laughs> yeah, it looks like pork to me. Here's was, my question, though. Like... It, it, when you buy this, first of all, why are you buying meat out of a <laughs> railway station? <laughs> that's, that's one. You're right. But right. two. And clothes. What makes you look at a piece of meat and go, that's, yeah. a, that's a human. That's a person. Yeah. That's a that person. That looks like ham. Yeah, no, but that looks like a person. Like, why are you even taking it to the to the yeah. police station? Well, it, it raised, it, you know, it raised some questions and they took it to the police station. The and police they, station said, no, it's pork. It's so pork. he went home and the had a fat back sandwich. The chances yeah. are, if someone brings up you a slab of meat, chances are it's, it's human. <laughs> chances <laughs> are it's pork. So they would play in the odds, I think. But I don't yeah. think they would did any deep. In, you know, they did. Well, I think his slogan was lab. "Young boy, the other white meat." Yeah, I wonder if it's like veal. Uh, if I wonder if he had milk-fed boys. I don't know. Uh, let's see the disappearance of Eric Devires. DeVries, sorry, on the 14th of June in 1924, signaled the end of the killer's reign. In classic fashion, it was an offer of cigarettes at Hanover Station that oh, took the, the young lad all the time. to join the friendly stranger in his room. It's come, est- on, come on, smoke in my apartment. <laughs> it's yeah. estimated at this time that the fugitive had murdered around 27 boys in less than 16 months. That's, no, that's pretty a, good pace, right? Two yeah, months. Yeah, yeah. Despite the enormous manhunt now in operation, the killer had still not been apprehended, and Hanover was at the point of public outcry. You could hear everybody crying. Yeah, they were outraged at this. Uh, you know, they were sending their thoughts and prayers on Facebook. <laughs> they were panicked. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, by late June of 1924, sheer terror had gripped the city, and the werewolf was still on the loose. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What happened next, Charles? But not the werewolf of life. Well, although the not panic uh, engulfed Hanover, mm-hmm. uh, Fritz was still a suspect. He remained a definite suspect in this. Mm-hmm. 
of course, so was every other local sex offender. And he was investigated quite a bit. A meat peddler. A meat peddler. And the press was given announcements and they gave details of the skulls in hope of obtaining clues from the general public. The quantity of skulls and corpses being discovered was generating a nationwide furor. Hmm. Mind furor? Yeah, a, a nationwide furor. Yeah. And a general lack of confidence in the German police force. Well, they can't <laughs> tell pork from human well, And meat. I think it's I because think problem. they had Sergeant Schultz investigating this. Clearly. Yeah. I know they, need, they, need a little bit, they need to spend a little bit more on their uh, resources for the crime lab, I think. <laughs> they didn't. That's before they had the CSI. CI, yeah. All right. CSI Hanover. Is so, it meat or is it a human? <laughs> is it a pork or is yeah. it a man? I guess that's before they had the FDA, too. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, now the, now the pressure's mounting. It's probably what here. they did when they brought it in. <laughs> they probably just stamped that FDA. <laughs> <laughs> FDA approved. <laughs> no, don't. But anyway, the pressure's mounting here, and uh, the following course of action was agreed upon. As Harmon had already knew the town officials, two young policemen would arrive from Berlin at Hanover train station, pretending to be homeless and looking for a place to stay. Hmm. They would then focus on the suspect's activities and hope to catch him in the act. That's rather sneaky. Now I wonder how far they were willing Sounds to like go with this. I don't. Now I don't you think got they should, you can't arrest okay, they didn't share that until with their, he's uh, got the informer. <laughs> right. We can't now. We can't arrest him until he gets the tip in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> got to see the white of his eyes. You got to take one for the team. Yeah. So you got oh, to. Yeah. Try not to just be a man about it. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um. Once again, however, the killer's incredible good luck conspired against the police as Fritz was found arguing with a 15-year-old, Carl Fromm, a boy who had spent several days at Harmon's apartment. <clears throat> Fromm was particularly stubborn this evening and, and amazingly, alive. Fritz had the audacity to report him to the railway police, <laughs> claiming that he had false papers. So he's banging some 15-year-old and then yeah. he's pissed at him, he's so he turns him to the police. However, he's a dick. Once at the police station, Fromm turned the tables on the old guy, saying he sexually harassed him during his stay. Now, coincidentally, a number of vice squad... He wanted to wang. They were at the station at the time. Mm. And uh, they knew they were hoping to arrest Harmon, and an officer decided to apprehend the suspect immediately. Before any unnecessary suspicions could be aroused... Harmon was taken aroused. to prison on the morning of June 23rd. Because the last thing you want to do is, is arouse that son bitch. Yeah. Now, he claimed that uh, he had only arranged to have Frome taken to, into custody because he knew that he was going to murder the boy and was afraid that he would not be able to resist the urge for much longer. Well, good. Yeah, now, probably if, a good call there. If this statement is to believe... Here was the first time that Harmon's actions were motivated by any moral scruples, and these alleged feelings were, of guilt were to prove to be his downfall. Yeah, so he, he so, says they caught him. He let them catch him because he didn't want to hurt the young man. But I want you to think about this. One time in the man's life, Timmy, mm -hmm. he had some moral scruples. Who does that make him better than? You. Uh, the devil. Yeah, true. The devil. Have you ever, see, at least have you ever had an instance of moral scruples? What's that? Thing? There we go. At least we have one. So, you, have you looked into my fourteen ninety nine a month soul saving? 
No, Dr. Phil, I haven't. <laughs> okay, well. It's really worth it. Yeah. Timmy signed up. Are yeah. you saved, Timmy? Yeah. Timmy, yeah. I'm going to heaven. Timmy going Are to heaven? You? Yeah. Mm. We got all kinds of people. Probably, I say, half the podcast oh, yeah, signed up. Oh, yeah. If you're on that other half of the podcast that haven't signed up, you you know, I'm just trying to save you from burning in hell for all eternity. Internal damnation. And all, eternal only damnation. Only sets you back fourteen ninety five. You say internal or eternal? Both. Internal. Internal damnation. Well, th- now this case was not as clear cut as you would think. Several hundred items of clothing found in Harmon's room or, or confiscated from his acquaintances were collected and identified as the property of the missing children. But there was no evidence to declare that he'd been responsible for even one of the deaths. Harmon just said it wasn't his. Due what to me? his business. Yeah, it wasn't me. So he admitted to having sexual relations with some of the children, yet denied any knowledge of the victim's current whereabouts and gave pretty plausible explanations for the traces of blood in the garments. So he he had a considerable skill at avoiding taxing questions and prolonging the Inquisition. Hmm. He was an astute man and rather se- and understanding the regular rather secretive nature of homosexuality. It's a homosexual. At the time. Subsequently, he knew it would be difficult for police to obtain incriminating evidence from his peers and victims and their families. One of these victims was a boy named Robert Witzel, whose parents had continually besieged the police since their son's disappearance. When the first skulls were found later that year, Mr. Witzel was uh, persuaded to examine evidence in order to confirm that it was that his son's irregular jawbone was the one. Discovered. What happened? What was wrong with his jawbone? I wonder if he was a football head. Uh, maybe. Uh, no, but that no, it would be. What, what? What would be your jaw? What would be the? Uh, how could you have a distinguished jawbone? Uh, maybe they had TMJ, and it was just a bad scene. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, the breakthrough came on a couple. Overbite, maybe. Well, well, it have to be a help of Freddie Mercury oh, type true. overbite if you have. So anyway, the breakthrough came through when a couple walked into the police station and passed the Witzel family, who sat outside the chief commissioner's office. Fra Witzel immediately recognized the man's jacket and asked asked where he obtained said jacket. The man said he'd acquired the coat from Harmon and even provided an identification card in the trousers bearing the name Witzel. Well, yeah, because, I mean, he had the guy's card. Yeah. So she sees some... Clothing that he sold of the victim. Yeah, on a string. The Witzel's parents are walking into right. the thing, and they see this guy sitting there, and they're like, "Well, you get those clothes." And he's like, "Oh, I got them from Harmon." Here, and here's and his it card. Had, it had this card in the pocket, so that was bad news for him. So anyway, uh, the lady accompanying Frau Engel, Harmon's landlady, who happened to be in the police station making inquiries concerning her tenant's military pension. So this, he's almost like. Just nailed to the wall right yeah, here. It's coming down. There's a shitstorm. An enormous yeah, stroke storm. of luck, in addition to the fabric evidence, and more importantly, one which finally convinced Harmon to concede defeat. The prisoner was consequently subjected to incessant and severe rapings. questioning, yeah. beatings, and rapings. Not rapings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no, they raped him. They raped him a couple times. He didn't call no rapesies. He did not, and that's when the police, first of all, you have a right, if you get questioned by the police, to not talk. 
But if you're going to talk, the first thing you got to say is no rapesies. No hey, rapesies. That part of the Everybody Miranda rights. I want a lawyer. No rapesies. So that's, a, that's part of the that? Miranda rights. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't realize that. So. Well, because you didn't pass the bar. Yeah. Anyway, he, he was. Take the bar. The, he got the incessant uh-huh. and severe questioning before being given relief uh, and encouragement with the unburdening of his conscience. After seven days of maniacal and emotional raises, Harmon broke down and asked for the superintendent and examining magistrate, to whom he would make a full confession. They broke him. The killer then took the court officials on a murder tour of Hanover. There were shown parts of corpses hidden in bushes, bones dredged from the lake, and skeletons concealed around the city. More and more people stepped forward who had either obtained clothing or meat. Uh, the meat, I think if you if you obtain the meat, though, I think you have to really sit back and evaluate <laughs> yeah. yourself yeah. first. Yeah. <laughs> if, I don't you know, if you bought a pair of trousers, yeah. that might not be too <laughs> yeah. bad. But if you bought, you know, a side of beef. Yeah. <laughs> if you bought fat back, yeah, you, know you really need to examine yourself. Those ribs, how am I supposed to tell that was it? They look like ribs to me. Well, the yeah. police told me it was pork. Jaw bacon. <laughs> Got jaw bacon. I'm just saying you really have to evaluate that because it, is that that's one of those things like, you know, you suck one dick. Oh, yeah, you're a cannibal. Yeah. You're a and, cannibal. You know, they should have been tattooed and one, branded. You eat one human foot. <laughs> yeah, you're a cannibal. So, you're in it. You're, you're, you're branded for life. Now, Harmon's character also changed during this period. Hmm. That's curious. He now opened up to the investigating authorities and displayed the helpful, childish, and often sarcastic side to his nature. Hmm. Only He's if playful. confronted by the parents of his victims or if discussing the act of decapitation would the killer become withdrawn. He did not like cutting the heads off. He liked, it's a lot of work. He liked the anal rape and the biting of the throat, but he did not like cutting off the heads. It is a lot of work. The lot. Man, you think it's easier than what it is. It is not. Now, but, you, but you really get a sense of accomplishment when you, you, you tear off that last piece of... Oh, when uh, you've gone through the spine with a yeah. hacksaw? Oh, yeah. there's nothing like it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't it's need like, to use a hacksaw on the spine. You go between the vertebrae and just cut the gristle. You, yeah, you still need a hacksaw. Sharp knife will do you it. don't know shit from apple sharp butter. I'm just it. telling you. Yeah, you need to talk to the Israelis. They'll take show you a thing or two. I don't. What? You can't even spell Israeli. The Israelis starts with an I. Yeah, yeah starts with an go. I. It's a little nation. Um. Anyway, as a result of the information secured, Hans Granz was arrested on the eighth of July, and the two men met on several occasions before their trials began. Now, see, I, I, I feel bad, a little bad for Hans. He, he didn't kill anybody. He no, was just, Hans was in on it. He was Now he was selling the clothes. Nah, I bet Hans snuck him one every now and again, like, bend him over. Before you bite that throat, bend him over. Hold him now. So anyway, at these times, Harmon was always troubled, whereas Granz appeared indifferent to the entire affair. Harmon remained in prison before being sent to nearby Gottingen for a psychiatric evaluation. The trial, unprecedented in German judicial history, contained 60 volumes of files and opened on December 4, 1924. The trial was conducted um, in Hanover and lasted 14 days, had a ton of witnesses, 200 of them, and a much publicized opening decree stated that he was accused of killing 27 persons intentionally and deliberately. Mm-hmm. Harmon insisted on conducting his own 
defense. That was probably a good move. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was he was a very smart man in this one. Yeah. And remained entirely nonchalant throughout the trial. At one point, complaining that there were too many women in the courtroom. Now, I, I can see that. Yeah. Because, you know... That objection should have been sustained. It should have been because uh, there's a certain... I don't want to get too indelicate on the show, Tim. Okay. Because you never do. Yeah, but you have a... Now, think about this. This is 1924. Yeah. Okay? You got a packed courtroom. You got these women wearing all these layers of clothing. With their vaginas. With vaginas. And what's... Because we have established that the one thing that what what's one thing that women have? Vaginas. So they're forty, and then they get penises too. But um, so anyway, you're in a hot, sweaty room Mm -hmm. with a bunch of sweaty vaginas. Right. Nothing worse than how are you going to concentrate on your defense? It's hard. You know, every cat in the neighborhood lined up at the window like, man, they think it's a fish market. Man, man, let me in. So, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you may have taken it too far this time. What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm just saying it could have been a legitimate complaint. Maybe, because that's probably you know, his, the he, Massengale thing. Team, 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 I think t- Team Colonel just got a little, bit, <laughs> little smaller. Yeah, you know what? They could have been lined up for the sausage fest that he would have much rather had. Well, he, he prefers sausages, Colonel. She's he did. Yeah, he did. But he, he, so he objected to having too many women in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're talking about delicate matters, and he probably didn't want to offend any of them. Or they had all kinds of boob sweat coming off well, of them. I mean, that as the well. smell offended him. Maybe. Maybe. So, anyway, he insisted on conducting his own fence. Uh, defense and <clears throat> and remained entirely nonchalant. At one stage, he demanded indignantly, indignantly, mm-hmm. why there were so many women in the court, and the judge answered apologetically that he had no power to keep them out. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I can't keep them out, son. I'd like to. I'd like to get them out of here, but I don't have the power. Preaching to, do to it. the choir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, son. I know what you're saying. I don't want to look at them either, but. Uh, but I can't let them out. It's like tear gas in here, but I cannot kick these women out. God. So Harmon asked to be allowed to smoke a cigar, just to offset. It was like his little version of whatever. Mm-hmm. Permission was immediately granted. Okay. okay. Well, now, fair. fair. Nonetheless, the murderer's naive combination of fiction and fact was generally agreed as refreshing in contrast to the legal speak of the jurist and the confused hypocrisy of the authorities. To the journalist, he once said, You are not to lie. We know you are all liars. Hmm. And to the jury, keep it short. I want to spend Christmas in heaven with my mother. <laughs> so he's, he's kind of like ready to... He's okay with the idea of uh, yeah. being convicted. Okay. So he, uh, he uh, the jury branded him as the more dangerous. And Now, in contrast, Grons... Accused in the two cases of instigating murder appeared as tough and unbreakable. So the jury subsequently branded him, Granz, Hans Granz, mm-hmm. as the more dangerous, yet the more innocent of the two. Huh. Granz was entirely focused on self-preservation, and he wanted that was an attitude that was to prove his downfall as Harmon became concentrated 
on his devilish desire for revenge to take the one he loved most with him to the dark land to to well the dark land or as brandy would call it the motherland but um, home home yeah, yeah. so hints you decided to put a hint in there? Is that I, thought, I, thought, I, I thought that would get a little bit of drama. Add a little bit of drama. Hints. Yeah. Fritz formed incredible and completely inaccurate accusations of murder against his partner that the whole that the court wholeheartedly believed. Hmm. Once he had achieved this aim of not going to death alone, Harmon quieted down to let Grimes do the talking. Grimes is like, what the fuck? I never intended to hurt those youngsters. Yeah, but I knew that if I if if I uh, oh no I'm sorry this is Harmon this Harmon when he explained his murder method mm-hmm. I never intended to hurt those youngsters but I knew that if I got going something would happen that made me cry I would throw myself on top of these boys and bite through the Adam's apple throttling them at the same time he explained that he often felt guilt so bad he could not look at the dead body. Well, I don't blame Then he'd get back to cutting up the body. And he said, I'd make two cuts in the abdomen, put the intestines in a bucket, and soak up the blood and crush the bones until the shoulder broke. Well, until the shoulders broke, sure. Mm-hmm. Then I could get the heart, lungs, and kidneys and chop them up and put them in a bucket. Sure. I'd take the flesh off the bones and put them in a wax cloth bag. It would take me five or six trips to take everything. He was going for sympathy here. Mm-hmm. It would take me five or six trips to take everything and throw it down the toilet or into the river. It was, it's, it, was such a, it was such a hassle. You know? I always hated doing this, but I couldn't help it. The skulls were smashed to pieces and thrown in the river. Um, now, there were some boys he, de- he denied killing. Now, he's pretty open about who he killed. But uh, he denied killing Herman Wolf whose photograph showed an ugly, ill-dressed youth. Harmon declared the boy was too, too ugly to have interested him. Hmm. Now, the killer repeated... taste. Yeah. Yeah, well, he can be picky. Yeah. He claimed that he was driven by beauty and sensuality, not the cynical interpretation of sex or profit. In his eyes, it was easier to kill someone you love. That way, you brought them peace. He's got a point. Yeah. How many times you've been in a meeting here and thought, I just wish someone would if someone, bite my juggler? Yeah, if someone yeah. really loved me, they would kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Harmon requested on December 19, 1924, he received 24 death sentences and Grand's one death sentence. And really, one's enough. Well, yeah, it seems like when you get in a death sentence, once you get past that first one, yeah. you know, back in Germany in that day. Now, Hans requested to be beheaded in public. Um, Granz requested to get some head in public. <laughs> um, he was That request was denied. Um, Pricks. Harmon also requested uh, what was to be written on his tombstone. Here lies mass murderer Harmon. The court acceded to neither request, and Harmon was duly decapitated within the walls of Hanover Prison. Ron's appeal was rejected and death sentence pronounced correct and final. Yet the story contains one final twist. What is it? Well, I'm going to tell you, Timmy. Okay. Can you? A Hanover messenger named Ludus found a letter addressed to Albert Grimes, the father of the man sentenced to death lying on the street. Hmm. 
he made sure the letter was passed on to the correct person, who in turn passed it on to the court. The note was a four-page confession from Franz Harmon, written whilst being taken by car to the police station. The letter summarized his relationship with Granz, with Granz and most importantly, professed the innocence of the younger man. So Fritz uh, was wrote a letter basically saying he did it all and Hans had nothing to do with it. Hans Granz has been sentenced unjustly and that's the fault of the police and also because I wanted revenge. Oh, goodness. Put yourself in Granz's position. He will question the existence of the Lord and justice just because of me. My Hans Granz, forgive me for my revenge and my humanity. Oh, that's a shame. So Hans, so he, he, he was sentenced to death. Both of them were sentenced to death. And Hans would put to death even though he was innocent. Yeah, now the exact intention of this letter had never been fully understood. Was he truly troubled by his conscience or was this a devious attempt on his part to delay his own execution? It's now common view of experts that the verdict of the Hanover Court is an unsatisfactory one in the sense that Harmon was undoubtedly put under pressure by certain authorities throughout the trial. And most of that pressure was put on his anus by a nightstick. <laughs> That's not true. Um, That's not true. Seems fair. Well, yeah. It is most probably the case that a neglected and innocent young man has been sentenced to death solely as a result of statements made by a man pronounced mentally ill by five different psychiatrists. In that sense, a judicial murder was committed. Like his other victims, Franz Hartmann killed one killed the one he loved, this time using the German legal system as his weapon. After the two men's deaths, another letter from Hartmann was found, this one explaining his actions purely as an attempt to take revenge against the police. The so statement he was concludes to screw everyone over. And he was Michael Myers. The statement says Oh goodness. You won't kill me. I'll be back. Yes, I shall be amongst you for all eternity. And now you yourselves have also killed. You should know it. Hans Granz was innocent. Well, how's your conscience now? And that's what I'm going to ask all of you. That's the end of the story, but I'm going to ask all of you listeners, how's your conscience now? Because if it ain't clean for fourteen ninety nine a month, you no. can get it clean. No. That was fourteen ninety five. Hmm. Fourteen ninety five a month. He can't make up his mind. You can get it cleansed at where, Timmy? At uh, Reverend the First Church of the Latter Day Colonel. I can't keep up. We with accept bullshit. PayPal. <laughs> it's hurt. We I accept. So this man. Will you accept social security checks? We will take social security checks. Uh, how about we will some take beef? deeds to your hide. How about some pork? Some pork. Can I trade in my food stamps? Um, yeah, and and had this man Hans. Had his final letter before he got decapitated by the police been to me with a check enclosed for fourteen ninety five, he'd be in heaven right this minute. Mm. His soul would have been absolved, and he'd be in heaven. Mm. It's a small price to pay. Yeah, for him it would have been. So, Brandy, what's your final thoughts on Fritz Harmon and Hans Granz, the Hanover butcher? Not a fan. What do you think about young Hans, though? Young Hans is stupid. I feel bad that he was executed because he didn't. Come. I don't. Oh, I don't feel bad he was executed. He was a clothing thief, Timmy. And they ain't nothing worse than a clothing, clothing thief. thief. Yeah. 
I don't feel bad about that. And he knew. He knew what was going well, on. Well, he, he walked in at an inopportune time. He asked if he could come back. Well, he yeah. was trying to be considerate. Can you fix your glasses? Because it's tripping me out. <laughs> okay. They, nah. Continue. I just, nope, nope. They should have killed him. But first of all, if you're going to sell human meat, you have to label it that way. Otherwise, it's just false advertising. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was, a, he was a scammer, really. He Tell really him. was. Uh-huh. Colonel, what's your final thoughts on Fritz uh, Harmon, the Hanover Butcher? The well, bait and switch. It was a bait and switch. And Timmy, he was a sodomite, which is okay. It's okay. Unless you're a, forcing, a forceful sodomite. Oh. Or a kitty diddler sodomite. Or a kitty diddler sodomite. I don't approve of any of that. I don't approve of it. And where, if you want to commit sodomy, where should you go? Evidently Stanford. Uh, to the Homo Depot. And some of you might be offended by this, but here's where the colonel gets... You can't be offended because the colonel has two gay children. 50%. 50%. He always so uses I, that. You know, I well, and everybody died, I know. To make inappropriate jokes. Hmm. Timmy, I mean, you can't because you don't have any gay children. I don't have any gay children. I, I have gay children. I don't know. You don't. So I don't know. The colonel has, if you look right here in my wallet, Timmy, I got okay. the card. You got a card? You know what? Mm-hmm. I thought you got a toaster for that. No, no, I got a car. If one more of them turns, you get a car. Yep. I thought it was a toaster. We say anything we I want without being labeled as inappropriate or no. homophobic. We, we love no. our gay, lesbian, You know what? And I wanted to briefly just make a shout out to, and I, and I doubt if anybody listens to us there, but um, Orlando's had a rough week. And for all of those people there that are struggling, um, just know that as as a... Most, for the most part, as a people, um, we stand behind you. You know, it, it's very and and to be more serious about it, you know, Tanner um, goes to he's in Chicago. He goes to clubs mm-hmm. a lot, and and strangely, his twin brother Taylor, mm-hmm. you know, was one. Taylor spends a lot of time in gay clubs, mm-hmm. um, although he is not gay because that's where you meet women. It, that is, that's exactly what he said, Dad. If you can dance and you will get out and dance, that's where you meet women. But um, and he said, you know, it, it's terrifying to think that somebody would just target a population because of that. You know what I mean? It's disgusting. That that could have really been. Is. And when you and he said, when you think about a city like Chicago, you know there are those kind of lunatics there. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, it happened in Orlando, but you know the same lunatics are in Chicago. You know the same lunatics mm-hmm. are in New York. You know the same people that hate uh, for no reason, um, but think they're right and they're convinced they're right. They're in every every city. And uh, and I don't know what you do about that. I got no answers to that. But it, it is very, I, I can't imagine how disturbing it is if you're part of that population. Well, you know, because you're already putting up with enough shit. Yeah, that's what I mean. When, I mean, when any you, because this was Hispanic night. You know, I mean, it was he targeting Hispanics? Was he targeting? Because he thought about Disneyland. You know, well, I mean, it's it just care of that. It's scary. It, it, it's scary to think that there's so many damn lunatics out there, and there's so many. Um, but, but you know. You go about your life and you do the best you can. If you try that shit around the colonel, I'm going to shoot you. Well, and that's, and that's, I think, the best thing that you can do is just move forward and, 
and don't stop living your life just because, well, you have these lunatics. I'll tell you a funny, uh, I got a funny tweet I told Tanner, or a funny text I told Tanner. um, I was like, what are you doing tonight? And he was going, he said, I'm going down to this club, and I don't know what the name of it is in Chicago, but it's a gay club. All right. And I said, uh, well, you know, have fun, and... uh, are you having is it a vigil or you know something yeah. like that because it was right after he said oh no he's like we're going down he said it's Tony night he said oh, I don't yeah, it's Tony he's night. like if you think you're going to keep the gays out of the club on Tony night ain't no shooter going to keep scared of gays away from the club on Tony night yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, they don't yeah so he uh, but you know it's something it's something that sticks with you in the back of your mind um, but you always you have to just get up every day and know that, you know, you get by. I mean, look at kid walking down the damn beach and an alligator grabs him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 a horrible, horrible, horrible so things happen every day. A rough week. That's why I lock myself in my apartment. Brandy, where can people find us? They, I take it Timmy is done talking on this <laughs> yeah. topic. No, oh we can God. talk about it all you want. I'm just... Uh, you can find us on Facebook... And you can find our podcast uh, group on Facebook. We have two Facebook pages. We do. The first one is called History Dweebs. Uh-huh. And the group is called History Dweebs, the podcast. Yes. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And you can find us on Stitcher and Lipson and Twitter. And leave us a review. And leave us a review at any of those places. We and we reviews. will be performing um, at the Grammys. And. Um, we appreciate the the donations that have been made, and again, if you want to make any donations, because we do um, have to do some equipment upgrades and some things like that to continue to bring to bring you the quality entertainment that you <laughs> clearly have become used to. Um, so it, we you can go to what's it called Patreon Patreon and just uh, Patreon Patreon page. slash History Dweebs um, page and donate because I really don't want to charge for. These podcasts, because I don't think anybody would actually buy them. And plus, we're iTunes won't let you charge ten cents a podcast. Well, and plus, uh, and if you if you if you're going to spend your money, spend it on your soul. (laughs) Exactly. And how do they do that, Colonel? Fourteen ninety nine. Go to ninety five. Fourteen ninety five. Well, someone I got to charge extra. I mean, there's some people that need to force Brittany, it. Brittany, right? Brittany Chacon. Yeah, yeah. She got to two for one and used both on herself. So uh, thank you very much, yes, everybody thank you for that's already sports. donated. And um, so uh, with that, we're going to let you go, and we'll see you next time on History Dweeb. Good day. Good night. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.